If you realize that it wasn't a system for you and you decided to leave, you'd be giving up all the benefits and things that um, you could have gained. And so uh, if you had a wife and kids or, you know, were tied to a geographic location or, or, you know, something like that, you you could be there. And so I remember having plans to leave when my rights vested. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Spot, And so I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now. And I'm in the command center of the Emotelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we have a very special episode for you because it is one of those that I've been, I mentioned on a previous episode in talking about one of the things I want to do more of, and that is to hear the voices of those who actually are in a toxic work environment as a leader or a team member. Hear their stories so that you can see to compare notes and possibly what worked for them or what did not work for them. The whole point is to create moments of learning, of personal and professional development, and and, and, and see how we can really get the workplace to be a better place, right? Because most of the time, we spend most of our working moments there. And what if, what if we could create a kind of environment where people do their great, do great work? As you'll hear in this episode, how this guest truly had his work performance affected because of how the toxic, how toxic it was at the workplace. But other areas of his life was also ex- actually hurt, impacted as a result of that. So we're going to get into that in a few moments. But before we get there, I wanted to take the time to say, if this is your first time with us, thank you so very much for being here. We hope you come back and listen to future episodes. And as a matter of fact, have gone back and listened to past episodes. If this is not your first time, thank you again for returning. Truly appreciate your support 
and just making this show what it is. And this show is being brought to you by Kingspire Communication, where we help leaders turn around toxic environments, get better results, and unleash the human potential so that productivity, performance, and personal satisfaction can become the order of the day. That is what I do. So again, go to kingslegrant.com, kingslegrant.com, connect with us, set up our keynote, coaching, consulting, or training. So my friend, without further ado, let me introduce or get started, let's put it that way, with this show today. As I mentioned earlier, I will do my best to protect the overall identity of the person that will be on this to talk about on this show to talk about these things and the the region of the, the industry and the region of the of the world they're in. We want to mention a little bit of that so you can have an idea, but as best as possible, trying to protect the overall the integrity of, of what it is the person is doing and is not to put down and blast or any of that kind of thing. It's a learning opportunity, right? So you won't hear me introduce a person as I would normally do in our in past episodes. We'll get right into the show. So would you now help me welcome our guest to the show for an insider report. Here we go. Thank you for joining me on the King the Grand Show, where emotional intelligence and Leadership skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to turn around toxic work environments, unleash the human potential, and get better results. One of those things that we have been talking about is talking to people who actually are, who have been in are, or are currently are in toxic work environments and to see what their experiences have been like I mentioned before, this is a will be anonymous so that they'll they protect their privacy and also the place where they may have actually worked or currently are working. And you understand why that is so important. But I wanted to, you to be able to get uh, hear how a leader is experiencing that or how a team member is experiencing or have experienced that. So today we have a guest and his name is Bill, and that's all we'll mention about this person. And so, Bill, welcome to the show. It's nice having you. How how are you doing? I'm doing well, Kingsley. Thank you uh, for having me on your show. Awesome. So one of the things we have talked about, and you are very much aware of, Bill, is that we're trying to just discuss or talk about what it is that when you hear the word toxic and what your experiences have been. So when, we, when you hear the word toxic, toxic work environment or workplace, what comes to your mind? Well, place where I used to work. <laughs> That's a great way to, to, to describe that. And so what is it about this place that you used to work that allow, that gives you this, this uh, immediately response of um, when you hear the word toxic work environment? I think mostly it was the... Um, feeling that you got before you got to work mm. uh, when you didn't want to go in the doors you just <laughs> anything but going back to work uh, you know it was on your mind over the weekend it was 
on your mind on the way there and on the mind on the way coming home. If, if that was uh, what you experienced and you were truly in a toxic work environment, if, if the feeling was negative. So, so, so even on a weekend, you are not even able to relax or to, to um, just, you know, not even worry about or think about work. It's really, especially the, the day before, it's even more so like people talk about sometimes, you know, the day before Monday and how people are like, oh, tomorrow is Monday and they dread Monday. And that's where I think the whole phrase comes from. Um, blue, what's it called? Blue Monday? People <laughs> describe sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Would that be your, your way of describing how that was for you prior to getting back into that workplace? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It, it was just not, um, it was just not a good situation. So, so what kind of feelings would you have? So how would that, how would you experience that in your own overall being, your body, your emotions, your, you know, how did that impact you? What did you feel? What did you, what was that like? This is, this is kind of difficult to, to remember the specific feelings from it because, uh, you know, this happened uh, 10 years ago right, and, right. you know, I have been doing my utmost in those 10 years to forget this place. Was there anxiety? Was there like not in your stomach? Because I know sometimes, I know this one guy who used to go on stage and every time before he went on stage, he had to go to the bathroom, right? And of course, I won't talk about what happens there, but he was this not in his stomach, this anxiety, he felt nauseous because of what he had to go do. Once he got there, it was different, but it's that's almost always his experience. I'm wondering, was there anything like that for you? It was more of a feeling of probably dread uh, than anything else. It wasn't a knot in the stomach. It's like, oh, no, not this again. Mm. It's more, more the way it was in the last few years of the work anyway. Yeah. And, and what was the, the dread part for you? Is, was it the work itself? Was it the uh, person, people? A leader. I mean, what was a dread part for you? Yes, it was. It was all of those <laughs> things, <laughs> but in different ways. And you know, I'm I'm not trying to be flippant or, or anything, but there was, um, there were aspects of of it. It it, it just wasn't um, fun anymore, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Uh, it just was not something that I wanted to continue doing long term. And uh, when you add in um, leadership that is not, um, in my opinion, cutting it, that just made it even worse. Mm. Was there a time prior to that that things were better? And what what I find sometimes, Bill, is what I've heard and seen is where a change of leadership or a change of of a ownership and, you know, so that tend to some time introduce this toxicity that people are experiencing because things are not the way they were. Did you have a time when it was not that way? Um, I had good, I had some good leaders um, throughout the course of this, you know, this is, I worked at this place for 20 plus years and um, you know, the great leaders were, were very rare, and you think of them in great ways. But even having a, a good supervisor in this case, um, you were both still working through the other parts of the mm-hmm. of the environment that was toxic, and it was not 
um, even though they weren't actively trying to make it worse for you. In fact, they were trying to make it better for you. It was still not a good situation. Mm. And, and um, were there any attempts on your part to try to change things? And how was that? Did you find it to be effective, successful? How would you describe what happened? <clears throat> That's a great question. I never actively tried to change the situation because it was a um, uh, a governmental bureaucracy mm. that I was working in. So my ability to affect change would have been very limited, which was part of the thing that <laughs> really stunk about it. So, yeah. You feel like, I mean... Like sometimes in that you feel trapped, feel helpless, you know, and I was in something very similar and I felt like, you know, actually I, those are two words that came to my mind that I, how I felt, I felt trapped and I felt helpless, like I was not able and it's not something I like because for me, I love to, to um, you know, I'm a leader in, in, in just a natural way and I want to see things better and I felt like, man, this is where... I couldn't do nothing about it. And it really, really, for me, was very hard because that was something that didn't come natural for me. So how was that for you? Well, that's, that's obviously one of, the, one of the reasons that many people um, feel that they're in a toxic work environment is feeling trapped. You know, in my case, um, you know, this was a, a, a government agency with a retirement system. And so once you got into the system, you know, civil service work, once you got into the system, um, if you realize that it wasn't a system for you and you decided to leave, you'd be giving up all the pension, all mm. the other benefits and things that um, you could have gained. And so uh, if you had a wife and kids or, mm. you know, were tied to a geographic location or, or you know something like that. You you could be there, and so I remember having plans to leave when my rights vested. Um, you know, you had to do I think it was seven or ten years in before you could then leave and still get a portion of your pension. And uh, about that time, we we were having kids. Mm. And so, you know, it became a security thing. Well, do I continue doing this or do I, you know, step outside my comfort zone and try and find some some other work that I would find more rewarding? And so you stick and then it gets, you know, it gets progressively worse because, you know, the longer you stay, now you have to, you know, do so many years uh, before you can get your full retirement. And, yeah, now... As that progresses, you're very close to having, you know, your time to, to go, but you would like to do something else. Now, what do you do? Hmm. You know, yeah, I, I know I'm being very vague on, on all of this. No, but no, just... but I think, I think what you're raising is a very important point because I think that you, the trapping piece is like, you know, here it is, you have these responsibilities. You have to look out not just for yourself and how you're feeling because you have, you know, I mentioned your wife and kids and then you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, but I got to still go and show up. So I can imagine how stressful that can become. And I find where people sometimes it shows up in their body. 
it shows up in their in breaking down, right? So they're calling in. They are they're just if they can, they're taking time off if they can. The more doctor's appointment they have to go because these are the stressors. Did you find that to also be a part of what you were experiencing, or in addition to what you've described? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know there there was a a, a term that folks used, uh, mental health day. Uh, regardless, somebody would call in sick um, for for work, uh, and in reality, they weren't sick physically, but they had just had enough that they just had to get a day off. And you know, amongst yourselves, you'd be talking later on and say, "Oh yeah, I had a mental health day the other day," you know, <laughs> you know just because you know that. It was it was needed. I have to get away from this uh, environment. So, yeah, and that made it worse for your coworkers because they had to cover for you while you were gone, and you know, maybe they're not having such a great day either. And uh, you know, that can get old. Um, how, how about how about your performance? Did you find that your performance remained the same or it kind of uh, began to, you know, how, how did you describe, how did you find your performance during those times? Um, well, I'd like to say that, that my work didn't suffer, but that would be a lie. <laughs> um, most, most folks, um, performance deteriorates, uh, you know, as they're going through these things and, you know, I'm no exception. Mine did too. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you get, when you don't want to be there, you sure don't want to do great work while you're there. And, you know, that's, that's the basics uh, of the whole thing. Um, getting back to the, uh, to the, uh, you know, people calling in sick or, 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 you know, not showing up for work. Um, there's also the, the side question of was the office adequately staffed in the first place? Yeah. And for many years, the answer was no. And in, in the environment we had. So um, I was in a place where if someone called in sick, they we were mandated to have people working, a specific number of people working. And so you would automatically be forced to work overtime. Mm-hmm. In, the, in those situations to cover for it, whether, whether you'd want it or not. So this was, you know, constantly coming up. And if you had uh, a colleague or a coworker that um, routinely called in sick whenever they felt like it because they wanted to go to the soccer game or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, maybe they were legitimately sick, but that was rare. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it could be really stressful. So, yeah. Did you find... Leaders, you mentioned earlier that some supervisors are, they might not be the ones who were contributing to and making matters worse. Um, but were people, uh, leaders who could do something about it, were they, did they show any interest or any sensitivity or, you know, as aware of it? And, and if so, what did they do? Or did you feel like, in my case, I thought that, here's, here's how I concluded, they didn't care. I just how that was my conclusion based on what, didn't happen where I think should happen. And I, in my mind, I would say, yes, they were aware of it because how could they not be? That's what my experience was. But how did you, how would you describe that awareness, sensitivity, 
making an effort to do something about it? Oh, it was a tough situation for us because it was a union-based job. And it was, um, again, uh, civil service. But in addition to that, it was paramilitary. Mm. So there were very few people who could affect change except at the very top level. And they were limited by what they could change by what the union laws would allow them to change. So um, they could change certain administrative aspects. But there are other things that, you know, were written contractually in that they couldn't change. Wow. So, yeah. So it's almost like some people who are in some cultural setting that are what's written, so to speak, in the code of of behavior as their culture um, prescribe, that would also limit what can happen or what they would see as possibly uh, able to make a difference. Mm Mm-hmm. that's yeah. tough. Yeah, that, it is. That makes matters even worse. So, so that the the idea then of a person doing their best work, or a person remaining healthy overall, is really slim that that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know the the rules that they that they followed in the organization I was in started over a hundred years ago, and you know they met. That may have been the way that things were done a hundred years ago, but times and, and technologies and people and, and relationships change over time, and I don't think our policies kept up with that, mm-hmm. and that really made it even more difficult. Well, why are we doing it this way? Well, that's the way we've always done it. <laughs> you know. So, so it's not like revisiting some of those things that were written in those contracts and so on would be a place to start if to effect change. And would that be one of the things you would have suggested if you had a chance to suggest what could possibly begin this whole process of changing that toxic culture or environment? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's one way. It's probably not the way I thought of at the time. What, what, what's, what's the way you thought of that might have possibly you know, if you had suggested or possibly could work. I never came up with a solution mm. uh, other than retiring and leaving. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, a solution <laughs> for you, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I never got to, I never got to make it substantially better for anybody that worked there. Mm. Uh, you know, other than my personal intervention in, in minor situations that I did have control over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so could anyone like a team member uh, level actually do anything? So you you said I never did for anyone who worked there, but would it, was was that even remotely possible, or see it as something that could be done? Remotely possible, yes. Um, also, remotely Im- <laughs> remote. <laughs> no, it, it's just not going to happen uh, easily. Uh, because I imagine it's like trying to change Congress mm-hmm. or trying to change the, the you know, uh, the White House or, or something. Yeah, you may have good intentions and, and make all sorts of campaign promises on your way in. Mm-hmm. Once you get there, your actual ability to affect change is very limited. Mm. So, um, so, so, there, there, so, okay, so I, I find that it's, some situations are that way, and you find yourself there. 
how do you remain sane and how do you remain upbeat? How do you, so say a person may not be close to retirement, right? Are there anything they could do to actually just survive, but in a way where they are healthy and they are still remain positive and so on? Is that possible? You know, when you asked that question, I started laughing because uh, you said, how do you remain sane? And and, and I, my first answer was, well, you'll have to be the judge of whether I managed <laughs> to do that or not. Uh, <laughs> I think the uh, the way that I coped, I don't know, you know, what anyone else's solution was, was I began reading books mm-hmm. on uh positive thinking and books on, you know, um, uh, self-improvement and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, kind of part of the reason that, um, you know, I, I've come to know about you. So it's, um, you have to take control of your mindset and what you're willing to do. And you have to be able to, you know, step back and, you know, not everybody's in, in my position where I they could retire, you know, mm-hmm. tough it out. If I could go back in time, I would not have toughed it out. Mm-hmm. I would have made a decision much earlier and I would have left that environment and started fresh. Now, that, that would have been difficult because the pay was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the family um, comfort level would have changed. The security of the family would have changed uh, many things, but it would have been better for me health-wise, emotionally, um, in so many different ways to have left. Mm. Something that, which, which I think is one option, but as you described and painted so well, is that some people, some people, because of whatever it is, find themselves that they can't really leave actually anytime soon. And what I, I find, I've heard, and some people have said this, what they have done is create, which I made to be unhealthy, but clicks. So they have a support system and they have people that they can actually kind of, you know, uh, download on, but also that they have a hobby. So when they leave that place, they can find themselves given to other things or a hobby or, you know, volunteering. So at least they feel as if their their life is not just around that one thing. Was there anything of that kind that you found or would that be a, um, something you would suggest to people who might find themselves in a similar situation? Yeah, I I did um, hobbies quite quite a bit throughout my time, you know, at, at work and also after. But um, I had to, I made a conscious decision that I would figure out what it was that I wanted to do that would make me happy. Mm-hmm. What what type of work would make me happy? And then I began a research process, and I thought it would take a year to figure that out, but it actually took maybe um, two years to figure out exactly what it was that I wanted to do. And then I began to pursue um, to pursue that, and you know, create a. Um, for me, what was making me happy was combining some skills that I had into a business, and so I did. Mm. Mm. So, so even using the time while you're there, since you're, say, for example, feel stuck and helpless, but you could see it as an opportunity while you're being paid to prepare yourself for something better. So you could use the time to, like you said, 
expose yourself to other people's work through the reading, through studying, through research, whatever it you know rocks your boat, but actually preparing yourself for your next phase. And who knows, you could start something on the side, like a side business or something like that, that could eventually replace where you're at. So you don't have to feel as if you're you're stuck and and just really helpless, and you are at the you know at the expense of everybody else, or they are the ones who's controlling your future. You could actually take take matters in your own hand and personally begin that journey. I'm hearing so that you could create your own your own path out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't like your current situation, you can change it. Um, it may be painful. It may be difficult. It may be um, impractical at the present time, but you can take steps to change your your situation and to try and get out of of um, you know whatever it is that's trapping you, whatever it is that's bothering you. It and you should. I you know I I agree a hundred percent. I think that there's no reason why you should kind of uh, subject yourself to a situation where you're you as a person. Not only are you not growing, but you're doing yourself yourself and the world that awaits you a disservice by subjecting yourself to situations that arrest your creativity, your innovation, and all those different things. And if you look at what you can't do, you will remain there. But if you look at what you could do, then possibly things could open up, which is what you were able to do once you left and step into those moments that you have prepared yourself for even after retirement, which I think I applaud that. So as we're kind of winding down here, Bill, again, I want to say thank you for taking the time and really for sharing you know, your journey. But if you were to give one last word, which I think you already did to some degree, but one last word to that person who is now, they're not in leadership. So they really, you know, I believe that the decision maker, the top echelon people are the ones who can actually make a change. But say they brought that to their attention, nothing has happened, and things remain as they are. What would you say that person would you suggest? Maybe some options or alternatives or things that person could do in addition to preparing themselves for an exit strategy type of thing. What else could they do to actually, for now, um, just kind of like, you know, it's where I am, it's what I, I have, but it's what I'll do for me and possibly for my future. Ooh, well, I'm going to tell a story um, briefly and then wind it down. Um, my best advice to people is to confide in somebody what it is that you're going through or what, what negative feelings you have. I remember on the day that I was leaving for the final day as I'm heading out of the building um, for the last time. And my my direct supervisor, my boss, is is uh, walking me out and uh, shakes my hands and congratulates me on my retirement. And I said, oh, thank God it, it finally got here. I couldn't stand coming in this building. I was I, – I just knew that I couldn't take another day. And he says, wow, I never knew you felt that way. Why didn't you say something? Mm. 
And you think about that. Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you express that you were not enjoying, not uh, in an environment that was um, helpful, helpful, and uh, working for you? People can't help you if they don't know that you need help. So, you know, find somebody that you can um, express what your what it is that is bothering you about your workplace and, you know, maybe possible solutions. You never know what solutions that they might be able to provide you until, um, you know, until you say something. So, you know, maybe you're not in a position to do that, but if you are, maybe you should. Hmm. You know, that's a very great way. And I really, I'm, I'm so appreciative that you went that direction because I think sometimes we we suffer in silence and that the solution or the answer may just be outside of our comfort level, our comfort zone, which may be speaking to someone, get a coach, or and sometimes even a, a, a mentor or somebody who actually, like you said, could really give you a different perspective or bring something to you. Because you're in the forest, you cannot see the tree because you're in the forest. You're in the frame, so you can't see yourself in the picture. So somebody else who does can probably point out something that you may not be seeing that could truly help alleviate or at least bring some kind of comfort to you while you're in that situation. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and sharing such invaluable information because I believe that someone who's listening are going to relate very much to what it is you share, parts of it or all of it. And so I think this will bring great relief in the sense that they are not the only one. It happens to all of us at different points in our journey. So thank you for being here today. Well, you're welcome, Kingsley. I really kind of hesitated when you, when you uh, and I were discussing whether I should do this or not, because it brought up some feelings from, you know, 10 years ago. But um, overall, I think it's a, it's a good process that um, can be helpful. And uh, I hope that this helps somebody. I know it will. Thank you so much. Okay, now there you have it. I, I hope this felt helpful. Well, actually not felt. I hope it was helpful. I hope you felt the sincerity and at times the emotions that our guests talk about what it brought back, reliving that moment. And as a person that do consulting and coaching and speaking training on this topic, I see where a number of areas that possibly, even though we just had just, you know, of course, we couldn't talk about everything on this show, but had we had an opportunity to do some coaching or I had to consult or I had to take this apart and say, well, is there a way that our guest could have had a better kind of functioning in his own personal life while he was there? What could happen? And and towards the end, you heard about the idea of getting an outsider, maybe a coach or a mentor, just somebody to talk to. Because sometimes you cannot change your current situation. However, you can change the only one person in the equation, and that's you, right? It's, it's just how your approach is. 
And you, you know, I, I, one of the things I talk about a lot is think of having two buckets with you, two imaginary buckets. And one of those buckets you had to put inside there what's controllable and the other bucket was uncontrollable. And guess what happened? Most times we spend our energy and our, and our time and our efforts, guess where? On the uncontrollables. And, and we cannot do anything about that. So what if we took our energy and our efforts and place it on the controllables? What might be different? And that's the things I talk about and help people to walk through to look at what those will look like and then provide the skills to be able to make sure that they're doing that in spite of their current situation. And that's what I want to provide as you've listened. And there's just two things, three things I want to mention, three quick things. One, if you know of someone or you yourself as a leader or maybe a team member who would love to share your experience with us, help us understand what it's like and help others to realize they're not the only one. And if you want some on, you know, on air coaching while we go through this, we could do that. But if it's just to share your story and things you have attempted to do or what could be different, please make sure you reach out to me. One of the things I mentioned is you could actually go to the, if you're on, on social media, especially LinkedIn, join me there. Direct message me there so that we can actually set something up. Like I have another interview coming up where someone have on LinkedIn reached out to me. We've scheduled that, that interview that's coming up very soon. And you can do it that way. If you don't have social media, go to the website at kingsleygrant.com. kingsleygrant.com and connect with me there. Send me a message and we'll begin the, the process of getting you on the show so we can talk about it like you heard today. I'll do my best to protect your you, you as a person. And we do first name only, whether it's a, your first name or an alias you want to provide and try to protect where you are so that we don't have somebody listen and say, ah, I know who you are. No, that's not the point. And so we will do our best with that. So that's the two things. One, Make sure that you connect with me and reach out to me. And you can do it to my, my social media or my website. And if you know of a, a company or an organization that could use something like this, please forward this to them and share it with them. And if I can be of an assistance, please again reach out to me, like I've suggested those ways, and let's talk. But my friend, we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and being here with me with us really. And remember, you are one skill away, one skill. And hopefully today you've heard something that will get you closer to your overall goal. Now let's put this special show back into the vault and I have a special place in the vault. So I got to make a little more time here. Here we go. Uh, the, there it is. It's now in the vault. Here we go. There it is. Now that this show is tucked away and is safely kept and protected, I can now exit the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute and say to you, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.